but it was a very dark time. And when that stuff aired, it was like, I can't even watch it. And I seeked out a mentorship from Game John, and he mentored me for a year. Well, I'm lucky enough to be here, so now it's my obligation to blow this, you know, and leave a legacy. Um, we bought a thousand watches and we tried to sell them to our friends and family. Literally had a backpacks in the office and had friends come by and give us cash, you know? And we sold like 200. And so we had 800 left. We're like, God, this is hard. We got to figure out what to do. If anyone out there, if you're embarrassed to ask for help, people in your network, your friends, your family, just think about this. I asked a complete stranger that I've never met for help on national television with millions of viewers and I was in credit card debt. So if there's anything more embarrassing, it's that. In my vulnerability, I cried on TV, like snot coming out of my nose, like eyes, you know, like just dealing with drama. My business partner's mom passed away and she was the one who introduced us to the breakfast program. And since that happened, the business was not the same. And we moved away from charity and my partner, Trevor, didn't want to deal with that because he didn't want to face what he was suppressing, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was really difficult for us. And like, I'm so thankful for that because it unlocked a side of us because I put myself out there so gnarly and I came out alive. I actually came out endorsed by Marcus Lomonis, co-signed by all these awesome people on this network and got me in the room with Universal to do Minions watches. Like it all led to good things. Welcome to the show, Travis. Thanks for having me, bro. I'm excited Dude, to be here. I'm so happy to have you here again. You've been, uh, it's been fun hanging with you over the years and you've been to our studio. We've done business together. Your Flex Watches has been nice. integral in the Everbull family and community. Our investors and customers got to do it. We planted trees together. Um, so it's nice to have you in studio. Yeah, thank you. This office looks amazing. I am super impressed, especially with the studio and thank the you. We Build area. I mean, since I came here last time, <laughs> it's, it's really improved. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, I think your story is one that inspires me. Um, I look to all the successes you've had, you know, and I follow you and I just watch you pivot. I watch you change. I watch you scale and grow. And as another, you know, entrepreneur to entrepreneur, it's, it's always exciting to, to see how you disrupt all these markets you penetrate. And so I'm, I'm genuinely excited to have you here today and get to pick your brain a little bit. Thank you, bro. Thanks yeah. for the kind words. Of I'm course. excited. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot just like you and I like to stay busy. You mm -hmm. know, I'd started with my watch company, really. I started Flex 11 years ago. So each watch represented a different charity, and that led me to working with some really cool organizations, big brands, you know, like some of my favorite, like Star Wars, uh, Minions, obviously Everbowl. Mm -hmm. um, just having the opportunity to create custom watch programs with people that have impact, whether it's planting trees or sending kids to summer camp or making dreams come true. I found something that really drove me uh, beyond just selling rubber watches. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I think that's what really sparked my entrepreneurship and like this journey of exploring new ways to do things, you know, all these new business ventures and my personal <laughs> brand. So I'm glad that you like it and <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Well, what was the inspiration actually? I, I never asked you, but what was the true inspiration when you said, cause there's always a entrepreneurs always have ideas, but what was the inspiration to connect the charitable side to the physical, tangible watch side and make that your vehicle through sales? Because I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it was early on, right? You remember the Livestrong bracelets? Yeah, of course. Those yellow, yellow bracelets from Nike I warm to, and they didn't really have any utility. And at the time, I was actually sourcing promotional products for people and trying to find ways to arbitrage and you know get different products overseas. And through promotional products and printing, um, I discovered a product that I thought was unique and cool um, my friend actually found it, and I found a factory that could make it. And we just wanted to create a brand that was unique and different. And Tom's Shoes had just launched, and it was like the one-for-one one model where you're buying something and giving something. And we're like, well, you can't really give someone a watch. Like, doesn't really make sense, but we could give something. Mm -hmm. And then we looked for other companies that did that, and the only thing we could really model was the Livestrong bracelet. And we're like, but that's just Nike. How do you create a brand with different colors that represent different charities and then use the watch as like a vehicle to tell that story, right? So this is the autism watch and it has, you know, it's yellow and it gives back to this community. And the impact is that it sends a kid to summer camp, mm -hmm. you know? So we thought of these unique things, um, different causes that affected us in different ways. 
We picked different colors, and that's how we launched the brand. It was just different colors, different charities that were similar to the Livestrong bracelet, but it had functionality, and it was a cool watch, and the face popped out the band. So we're like, this is a cool product that at the time and now, like nostalgia is super popular, you know? Um, and it's just a creative way to, like, express yourself. You can mix and match different charities, you know? And I, I still wear mine with two different two, the two different bands from Everbull based on my outfit, which is great because I use the one face, and it's got Everbull in it because we did a custom one with them a couple years ago. It's one of my favorite watches. And it's cool, right? Should have worn it today. Right? I should have. I have one too, black <laughs> and white. And so it's cool because you can interchange uh, and mix and match, like you said, your outfit, your shoes. And it has like a fashion accessory mm-hmm. functionality, but it's it's cause-based marketing. So that's really helped us get in the door with all these cool brands. And it's led me to working with cool people. And that's what's really cool, I think, about entrepreneurship in general is what you just said, cause-based marketing and cause-based initiatives. We can make money doing lots of things. But you really have impact. I believe there's real impact when you find a way to make money and move people in a positive way. I can sell you cigarettes and make a lot of money and kill you. Or I can sell you acai bowls and make a lot of money and help you be a better version of yourself. And that's true even in charity, right? Like I can give money to the Susan G. Komen Foundation and help breast cancer. Or I could give money to... Susan G. Komen Foundation through a walking event and help support that and get people moving and bring community together and still help fund the Susan G. Komen Foundation. And, and ultimately help them create user-generated content, spread awareness, tell the story, and everyone wants to share, right? And so the idea of even with Flex is like if you buy this watch and you're helping someone, you want to share that impact. So it creates virality where it's like, well, I did this, so you should do this. And it makes you actually excited about shopping for something, right? And it's also a conversation point. When I see your orange watch or your yellow watch, and I say, well, that's a really cool watch. Now, you get to tell me about uh, the, uh, the autism charity mm-hmm. and how you're impacting that community, how you're sending kids to summer camp. And why it affects me. And why it affects Because as a user, right, or as a customer of that specific watch, say autism, they get to tell their autism story. My little brother has autism. My best friend's mm-hmm. sister has autism. My dad has Asperger's. He's on the spectrum. And like one in three people are affected by that. So it's a conversation starter, especially when they see a bright colored puzzle piece because we have patterns too. And they're like, oh, I know what that is. You yes. Know? Um, and so, yeah, that's that's essentially what has, has sparked. And people will, instead of searching flex watches, search charity watch or autism watch. Because they like see it as that, mm-hmm. and they get to share that story. So that that got me thinking, got me into e-commerce, and that's really what my background is: is like e-commerce and marketing, and that's like my secret recipe that I've figured out how to tell a story, build a brand, tell a story, convey that to an audience, build a community, you know, and get them to believe mm-hmm. in that. Whether it's a real estate company and they're renting an Airbnb or a restaurant that they're eating at, or a watch they're buying, uh, NFT they're purchasing. I've found a way to build community and make it more about the customer and make them the hero in the story. And all the verbiage is like you and not I and Mm -hmm. we. It's about the customer and the impact that they're making um, and the food and the experience that they're having. I I just was listening. I'm listening to a book on tape on building community and the story brand. And yeah, Don and Don Miller, Don Miller. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I'm listening to right now. And Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. He's, he's taking me through that process. The hero. The hero. A lot of people don't know about this. This is crazy that you're reading that right now. It's, it's legitimately, if you open my Audible right now, it's the yeah. book on tape I'm listening to. That's a great topic of conversation for us, especially with like the theme of this podcast is to like, yeah, like what is that thing for me? Mm-hmm. It's like, sure. Okay. Maybe my personal brand is about me, but everything else is about attaching my personal brand to it and being part of it. So Trav, the personal brand, which my Instagram, my TikTok is at Trav. That's my handle. And that's my personal brand. And I have a domain, travbrand.com. And that's like my portfolio of brands. And you can link out to everything from my Airbnbs, my property tech, my charity tech, my NFTs, my watches. And you could see how Trav has his fingerprints all over this stuff, right? Um, and ultimately what's similar about all these things is they have community driven social and I'm attached to it. So my network is attached Mm -hmm. to it. So instantaneously people are like, well, he's built this persona. He has this track record. Now he's doing this restaurant. Let's go eat there. 
we just won best restaurant of the year in San Diego. And that was just a concept to have a bed and breakfast, but we thought about it differently. We're like, let's create the coolest place for people to hang out. Yep. We didn't think about anything else besides the patio that had 70 seats. What can we do to maximize the seating? Turn it into 85 seats. Okay, what can we get? Comfy chairs, cool vibe, so they can sit outside under the tree in the shade and enjoy San Diego outdoor, work on their laptop, free Wi-Fi, drink a cup of coffee. That was the only idea. The rest was let's get good food and let's figure out how to make a restaurant and let's figure out how to do an Airbnb. But in the middle of the pandemic, that wasn't the thought. Mm -hmm. It was like, how can we create a cool vibe here and a little marketplace to put some products in, maybe some flex watches, sell some coffee? Well, the best thing about what you just illustrated is something I believe and I talk about, which is experience is the most overrated prerequisite to starting a company or being successful. Nine out of 10 restaurants fail. Because nine out of 10 restaurants are started by chefs that are focused only on the food. Food doesn't make customers come forever and food doesn't make you money, right? Food is good. I'm learning. <laughs> yes, but food is good. But yeah. what you just said is we created an experience. We created a vibe. We made an experience and vibe and environment that would attract people. We'll figure out the food. If we get them here, we can ask them what they like. We can do different seasonal menu items. We can hire a chef to come in. So you thinking like Did all an, those things, you, of course, tried to figure it all out, need <laughs> but help. as an entrepreneur, you were solving the real problem, which is build the community. Well, there's a community in PB mm -hmm. and they have nowhere to go drink coffee and hang out and work on their laptops. They either have to go pay $40 for eggs at this really expensive hotel or go inside Denny's. Like there is no option. And the only option was the place that shut down during the pandemic. So I just saw an opportunity with my friends and, you know, we just saw it. We were just like, this is and I remember the day obvious. You, you were, I remember talking to you the day you were driving down. You had just signed the lease. I know. And I you were like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this place yet. Yeah, we had, were just figuring it out. Like, because we still didn't have, like, a hood. We didn't mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Like, I had never dealt with, like, SDG &E and getting gas ran. Like, you know, I had partners who had done this stuff, but I took it on as the portfolio manager as my first project. And it's so cool that you say the word experience because I think you would know this, but my a company that I use to manage the actual Airbnbs that we expanded on uh, is called Experientials because yep. we want people to have an experience. So, like, we've even named and branded our houses. Like, the Desert Villa is our house in Scottsdale. It's five-bedroom, 4,000-square-foot luxury Airbnb, but you get to experience 30 different brands, everything, you know, from the products you're eating to the beds you're sleeping on, the couches you're sitting on, and you can take your phone scan it and see what it is. You can go to a flow code page where you can shop it and that's an affiliate link for us. So we're creating experiences for consumers in the homes so they can try these products, but we're also creating brand experiences and activations. So we took it one step further yep. and we created activations in the houses. So we have like laundry sauce did our laundry rooms. So it's like laundry is sexy. It's all lit up with a tree with laundry pods hanging from the tree and like that kind of concept now we can build these out like home gyms and mm -hmm. big brands just got fight camp to do the, the gyms and the bags. Right. So taking these experiences that these people are having and then making it about the consumer again and saying like, this is what you get to do when you stay here is building our brand and renting our houses and getting us these brand deals. So it's like, yeah, it was all about the consumer <laughs> experience. Like again, and then tell that story like, Hey, do you want to stay in a high end Airbnb, get a driver, get a chef, Get a masseuse, you know, you want restaurant bookings. What do you need? You want an exotic car? Cool. And then you can try your favorite car, your favorite restaurants, a new mattress, a new couch. And, like, I personally, besides staying at a really expensive hotel, don't know anyone that does something like that. You know, and I, we, me and my business partner saw a gap. Yep. And we're like, no one cares about the Airbnb host, and they're not making it easy and accessible for them to order all the products that they need to have a successful Airbnb they don't know what brands to buy, what snacks to get. It's like not organized. And on the other, and there's no platform to sign up for to get it. And on the other front, there's nowhere to like, as a guest to be like, where do I go to try these things? Sure. So we just kind of found the white space and built some tech, which got us into property tech. So like went from a restaurant, Airbnb to like a concept for property tech to getting our first house and then that becoming profitable in San Diego. Um, and that's the beach barn. It's half a block from the bay in, in PB. It's right by our restaurant. And people can experience San Diego, you know, everything. Outdoor movie theater, plungy pool in the front yard. Everbowl. 
Everballs, right? And by the way, like we need to set up an Everball station in the kitchen so that we have Everball kitchens. 100%. So that people can try all your food in the freezer, a whole Everball thing with lights in the freezer. Like we have to do that, you know? Um, because that concept right there, a thousand plus Airbnb hosts could apply for. Yes. And it's like, do you want an Everball fridge in your kitchen? Cool. Here's the requirements. You need to have X amount of deliverables from content. You need to provide whatever it is that you need, that client, that brand, right? And they're essentially as a host signing up to get free stuff. And the brands want to put that in these houses. Of course. So there's a huge need to be able to activate not only in the high-end Airbnbs, but even the smaller apartment buildings and people who are like, okay, there are 400 units in this building. What does everyone have in their pantry? Mm-hmm. What's in their fridge, right? And so if you have a model showroom in the property and they're coming and viewing it and it's got this Everbowl kitchen, and they're like, oh, no way. Like, yeah, we have preferred pricing from Everbowl. You get discounts. And if you're a host for an Airbnb or whatever, you order directly from here. Here's the menu items, basically, right? Right. So you, you systemize this. I mean, I'm talking about the idea, but, like, actually is what we're trying to do. And then go to hundreds, if not thousands, of Airbnb hosts, which we know in our network, guys who have 100 portfolio, 200 portfolio, and consolidate that and say, cool, Let's bring a major brand who wants to do an activation inside of a hundred or a thousand homes to launch their new LG TV. And let's get creators to go stay at these destinations and make content for us as the deliverable for the brand. Now the host gets a free TV. Yep. The influencer gets a free trip and experientials facilitates a huge activation, which even at a hundred bucks in a thousand homes, hundred grand. And the brand LG or the, the product gets all that exposure. Yeah. It's and a true win, 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 win. It really is. And so through through this model, we've like now discovered that no one's really taking care of the hosts and no one's really taking care of the the guests. So we're like, well, let's focus there. Right. I mean, it's it, that's just it's such a cool, disruptive model, especially playing into the Airbnb space where I mean, let's be honest, it's taken over. I yeah, mean, yeah, I, yeah, I used sure. to only stay in hotels and now I'm 60, 40 hotels. 40% of the time I do an Airbnb yeah, based on yeah. where I am. I mean, if I'm in Vegas, I still like the strip. I'm staying in a hotel. Yeah. I'm not Airbnb being in Vegas personally. Doesn't mean you shouldn't. I'm just saying it's me. But when I go to Scottsdale, I'd much rather stay in a house. Well, let me know because you stay in ours for sure. Of course. I, I, I wanted to, That I, was kind of a simple, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I want to go out there with you and plan something dope for our kitchen and Let's really do, do something. Cause Let's do it. The birth of it on this show right here, yeah. and we're going to do and it. We'll show the footage. By the time this airs, yeah, I'll it'll be done. a little photo. Yeah, we'll have a behind the scenes. <laughs> it's too easy. You're but that's how up. ideas happen. That's how ideation goes from a concept all the way through. Yeah. And if I unpack what you're saying, because I'm hearing you, and it, you're, my brain's now. And I talk very fast. No, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm an idea guy, so I'm excited. Like I'm already like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And this, 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 this. But what I'm really hearing you say is, and this is where a lot of people struggle, you buy an Airbnb. You now have an Airbnb, and that's all. And then you stop. Your curiosity and creativity doesn't stop there. It's the starting point for you. It's a venue. It's a venue, but it's the it's the launch point. It's the same thing with your watches. You saw Livestrong uh, wristbands, and you could have said, "Oh, I could go make an orange one or a yellow one for autism and a pink one for breast cancer, and do my version of Livestrong, and I can add a watch to it, and now it's utility." But you didn't stop there. And I want to go back to come back yeah, forward yeah. because I think part of your flex story, which I find so awesome, and I think people who are learning about you for the first time maybe not know, that you got on TV with this product. Yeah, it was a big catalyst for why we were successful. And I want to kind of talk about, A, how you landed that, yeah, because I think that's important, and B, where that ultimately took you because you have uh, it's my, one of my favorite parts of your story. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, let's take it back. Let's kind of tell the story of how I got into reality TV and marketing in general. Um, so when we started this watch company, we didn't really know how to sell it. It was very pre-e-commerce and you had to get into retail, which we wanted to do. But as a new brand, especially in the watch space, it's very difficult. So we knew we had to find a unique angle. Um, we bought a thousand watches and we tried to sell them to our friends and family, literally out of backpacks and at the office and had friends come by and give us cash, you know, and we sold like 200. And so we had 800 left and we're like, God, this is hard. We got to figure out what to do. And so we decided we were going to go to a church in Irvine called Mariners and sell watches over the weekend at church. And for every watch, we're going to donate a meal to the mission as their meals program down in Rojo Gomez, Mexico. So my partner and I decided let's sell 800 watches for 20 bucks a piece and see what we could do. We were going to donate at the time. I think it was about 25 cents for like 
the meal, which was like oatmeal or pancakes or eggs, but they buy in bulk and they just mm-hmm. make them for these kids and they get one serving. So it's not like a full nutritious meal, but they can eat, you know. And at the time, these kids weren't eating breakfast. There were 300 kids living in like two hours east of Tijuana and Rojo Gomez without access to running water. The cooking was done over an open flame. There was no community center. And they took us down there to see it. And like we in our heads were like, damn, we want to donate meals and help these kids, but didn't realize the actual problem. So once we started selling the watches, we planned a missions trip with the church to go down there. And we ended up donating all the money because we like wanted to help build a kitchen and a community center. Um, So we went down there with the money. We donated it. It was like over 30,000 meals before anyone even knew who we were. We had donated 30,000 meals and had no money left. (laughs) I had two watches on, a pink one and a blue one. And we spent the day in Mexico after this trip, and I was exhausted. And I was like, let's go home. A Saturday morning, we woke up, we got some tacos. Like, let's go home, uh, go to the office and figure out what we're going to do because, like, we have literally two watches, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, And we walk. We we get back to San Diego where we were, and we walk to get some food at a place called Miller's Field. And inside Miller's Field, we sit down, and I look up, and I see cameras and a boom mic, and I'm sitting at a bar, and I'm like, what's going on? I have no idea what's going on. The kid next to us starts talking to us about – what he's doing and my business partner starts talking to him, start talking to these people on my right. And one of these guys is wearing a Livestrong bracelet. And I'm like, yo, what's up? That's a cool bracelet. Do you like this watch? <laughs> he's like, looks at me. I'm like, cause I didn't know what was going on, but I saw cameras and I'm like, yeah, I watched this. The face pops out of the band and you'll see it to show you the footage. Literally did this. And he's like, well, that's cool. And then this girl next to him is like, well, that's cool. I want one. I'm like, you guys all want one here. Check this out. And I took my watches off. And gave it to him. They're like, so what's this all about? We started telling them what we just did in Mexico and who we are. Literally unshowered, right? Ends up, that was the real world. And they're like, yo, we're, we're here. This is our first day. We're filming a TV show called The Real World. We're staying at this mansion down the street. We got to find a job. We got to figure out a way to make money. And one of the cast members was affected by suicide. And he's like, I want to raise awareness for suicide. That's my mission. Like, I want to create something. So we're like, well, we help you create a charity. We could like set up suicide awareness charity for you and like plug you in with the right people to help you. And we'll donate to you through the sales of the watch. And this guy was like, yeah, this is awesome. Come to the house right now. We're like, what? He's like, come right now. We just literally left the bar, walked a mile to the real world house. They took our phones. They took our IDs, signed some paperwork, went inside for 40 days straight. The kid called me every day and was like, hey, what are we doing today? Where are we going? So I basically was like, I got to find stuff to do. So I hit up all the restaurants, all the nightclubs, all the people, I was like, hey, can I come film here? I got the real world stuff, cameras following me around. Production can't speak to me. They don't say a word to me. I just, my only interaction is with the castmates. So he starts hitting me up and I'm like, let's just build him a charity. Let's just create this website. Let's just build him a clothing line. One of the nightclubs said, do a fashion show. I was like, let's do a fashion show. We'll get a performer. Party Rock was already part of MTV. I got them to help design the clothing and they're like performing live. So I'm like now producing a TV show. I'm like working with production. <laughs> You know, and I'm sure you know who Joey Carson is. Mm-hmm. He's the CEO of Burnham & Murray. <clears throat> good, a good guy. Who, good friend. Yeah, great friend. Yes. Changed my life. Created this show as a CEO. We share equestrian background. Was, we, yeah. uh, his daughter and my daughter, they all ride horses. And so we go. always laugh at, at at that experience. But great, great dude. Great dude. Um, he's the CEO of Burnham & Murray who shot the show. And he's and also they, now the CEO of Elevator. Yeah. And your partner. Yeah. So Dan sell, or uh, uh, Joey sells the show to Viacom who owns MTV. And so the production's cool with it. We sign everything and then it's out of their hands. And then I get a call from Viacom. They're like, hey, you know, we got a got word that you guys are filming. Like we need to talk because like this costs money. There's storyline integration, product integration, mention, like all this stuff. So when they broke it down to me and I, I had no idea what it meant. Uh, like The it's business a, part of yeah, producing it a, a lot of filming. It was a lot of impressions, a yeah. lot of eyeballs and a lot of money. And I didn't have the money. So I was like, well, this is the story we're trying to tell. This is what we're trying to do. How can you help us? How can we partner? How can this become like the official watch of MTV's real world? How can we do a licensing deal where we pay you a royalty and like do something with you? And we put together a program like that with like a royalty, but there was a minimum amount of ad spend. And they were like, you have to spend this much on our network and on TV commercials and paid media and all this stuff just to really make sure it's a success because we're getting a percentage. You have to make sure that you yep. run ads on the other shows on the network, right? <clears throat> so that people see it from everywhere. And they also want us to run like suicide awareness campaigns that were like a 
are you affected by suicide? Contact this hotline, right? So we had to kind of pull together a campaign, and I was in the commercials. We filmed them ourselves on fucking Canon cameras. You know what I <laughs> Before mean? Before iPhones. Yeah. And so we filmed our own commercial and, like, sh- shot it, edited it, produced it in iMovie, and it ran on national television and, like, on demand and, like, on Beavis and Butthead, Teen Mom, MTV's Real World, The Road Rules, Challenge, all that, right? So we're on the show. We get integrated. We do the deal. I raise money from my neighbor who worked at MTV. <laughs> I was like, bro, check this out. This is what I'm doing. He's like, bro, I was working in New York. I just came back. Like, that's what I was doing. This is worth millions of dollars. I'm like, really? He's like, you have to do it. So I basically took his word, their deck, and had 72 hours to raise money and commit to the term sheet. And I did. How much did you have to raise? 150 okay. in 72 hours because they gave it to me on a That's Wednesday. That's a game show by itself. Yeah. They gave it to me on a Wednesday and they said that they needed to come in by Friday, latest Monday. So I told the guy, sent the wire info, and he sent the money before we signed the agreement. And then I signed it and sent it and I said, you got the money. So they were all about it. And they integrated us. As soon as that aired, we did over a million dollars in sales and I learned e-commerce. Yep. So it was like the tail wagging the dog, oversold out of product, Chinese New Year starting, Christmas's orders are late, hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales a month <laughs> over the capacity, had to figure out how to face the community and tell them I can't deliver on time their Christmas gifts and some people have to get refunds. So we did all that, make sure that, you know, kept our good reputation, but worked really hard to try and get product in. And as we were getting it in, big retailers, Champs, who owns by Foot Locker, uh, Chic Shoes had like 200 doors. No Fear, Tilly's, all these Zappos, all these companies hitting us up trying to buy everything we had because it was currently running on TV. Um, and after, I was like, let's extend and let's do more TV. So mm-hmm. we started integrating into other shows on the network, not personally, but product integrations. And so you would start to see our commercials and the watches. And I think at one point they just didn't turn off the ad because <laughs> it was just running all the time, like six months past. You know, after the show, it just kept running millions of impressions because they're like, yeah, well, if we have extra ad inventory, run this because we get a percent. Yep. Right. So we just did that for a long time. And then that like fan kind of died. And when that deal was over, we we're like, oh, we don't need to give this percentage anymore. We don't need them. We needed them. Yeah, of course. It launched us. We, we always we always build ourselves up very big in our head until it. Yeah. Until we have to pay the price for realizing that. And so, like, the next thing I had to do was figure out how to get more traffic. And, like, that was the birth of, like, YouTube. And I was like, well, reality TV is not where it's at. Everyone's on their phones now. Like, Facebook and, like, all these things are happening. Instagram just launched. Um, and so I was like, we got to find a way to, like, make our own content. Like, we've had experience producing content now. Um, and we're like, what if we partnered up with, like, celebrities and other people and, like, shot the watches and, like, did music videos, stuff like that. We ended up partnering with Tyga, the hip-hop artist. Mm -hmm. I got connected with him. Um, The first thing we did was create a watch for his company, and then he's like, yeah, I have a music video coming up with Justin Bieber. I was like, cool. We're sitting in a studio talking about it, and he's like, there's a scene. He pulls out the whole storyboard. He's like, there's a scene where I use a Rolex to freeze time. It's called Wait for a Minute. It's like the first scene. I'm like, let's use a flex watch. I can have him here by next week. He's like, yeah, let's talk about it. I showed up to set with all the watches, walked straight on to the trailer with Bieber and him on it playing video games. I'm like, what's up, guys? And I had the box. I'm like, check out the watches, you know? Walked out. They're, like, doing the film. They have the Rolex on. I'm like, Tiger, let's change the watch, you know? We did the the watch change. He used it as a prop. And I'm like, oh, that was cool. Didn't know what they were going to use. 150 million views. So they cut this watch. It became the focal point of the whole video, and it was used as a thing. And I was like, wow, influencer marketing, like <laughs> YouTube, like that whole thing, right? And so that really got me into like, okay, here's the top of funnel. Here's how I drive traffic. Here's how I get people to a website. Once they're there, here's how I get them to buy. This is before Facebook ads. So I'm figuring out funnels and emails before Facebook ads. So then when Facebook launched and all that started really going, we were killing it. Like it was like, super awesome you know like you could just post on facebook and make thousands it's just we have like a quarter million followers on facebook like 2011 which is like (laughs) four million a day yeah and it's like a (laughs) hundred percent of the people see it and more like people share it and all their friends see it like every person who shared it every single the the act of going on facebook was exciting yeah and it was like oh a giveaway no way everyone's sharing and it's like one post with 200,000 followers gets like eight million views because you did shares from celebrities and all this stuff and then algorithms changed and that was where it was like, oh, no, like, we got to refigure this out. So, bro, like, it was like this, you know? And I, unfortunately, 
had to deal with some legal stuff with trademarks um, with the Last Kings Tiger brand because of some guy that had trademarked their logo, and we ended up dissolving that partnership. So I was like, damn, like all this stuff, all this hype, all this marketing. I got into Tilly's retail stores. We're doing live events with live performances by Tyga. He's showing up doing the meet and greets like we had it. And then we got sued. So I learned a lot about licensing <laughs> and trademarks and what I needed to sign and what I needed to do. Um, and I was like, I knew I needed to work with someone professional that understood licensing. And I seeked out a mentorship from Damon John. And he mentored me for a year and he connected me to big licenses like WWE and companies I still work with today. And he wore the watches on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. So I would go to Shark Tank and dress him up based on his outfit and they needed continuity. So like he had to wear the watches all the time, you know? So in the first few seasons right after that, I was like, I did the real world hype and then I did the Tiger hype. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm on Shark Tank, not me, but the watches, you know? So I just found a way to find awareness and make it happen and tell a story and help kids. And, you know, I knew Damon didn't have a watch in his portfolio. I knew he knew licensing and had a lot of relationships. So I kind of took my case studies of what I'd done with MTV, the real world and artists. And was like trying to find ways to collaborate, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that you found was, a way. Yeah, that was great. And it like really taught me a lot. And I learned through that process of licensing that really what it is, is attaching IP to the product and then attaching that product to a charity that no one else was doing. So now all of a sudden it gets Star Wars and I to partner with the Boys and Girls Club or I get the Minions and I partner with Autism Society. So when I walk in there, I'm like, hey, we can do this really cool campaign, these awesome watches that get back to charity. And that was a unique angle, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I knew those are the things I knew and I started to learn e-commerce and like I just continued to try and make content and I needed help. I needed to finance my company and get to that next level, especially after the experience that I had. Um, and I was thinking, like, I need an investor who has infrastructure, that's done this before, has a following, has a TV show. Like, where in the world is this guy? You know? And I'm sitting in my apartment watching TV, and on comes a show called The Profit. Mm -hmm. Marcus Lemonis, CEO of Camping World, billionaire, who's going to help small businesses and entrepreneurs get to the next level. Are you a struggling business owner that wants to take your life to the next level? Immediate tweet. Yo, what up, Marcus? Hit us up. Casted for it. Took a while, but got on the Zoom, sold myself, and the rest is history. I mean, I went on the show. He invested in the company. He bought the company within a year of me going on the show. And we launched a portfolio of brands like over a dozen startups. And I was on the show a dozen times helping entrepreneurs launch their brand on TV like I've done for a decade. You know, and I was just showing him like, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be on TV. You're going to get a lot of eyeballs. There's going to be commercials on CNBC about you. There's going to be blog articles, there's gonna be entrepreneur features, Forbes features. Got to harness that traffic. You got to capture those emails. We have to have emails ready to go. We have to have retargeting ads ready to fire. We need this type of content. And like, I knew that. I've been that played this game, you know. So Marcus was like, bro, you do that. Mm -hmm. I became the president of the Marcus Limonis group or the it was called the ML Creative Group. It was based in L.A., and that's what we did. We incubated e-commerce brands and launched them. And when things really started happening, it was like you could just become part of the portfolio and help with the show. So that's what I did. And I just integrated. Um, and like you know the story personally, but after being part of a dozen businesses with family problems and internal drama and financial issues, because Marcus took these businesses on knowing all this. It's a TV show. Yeah, the drama the drama is the drama. You can't save everyone. Right. And the drama is the drama. Drama's that's the drama. what's that's what attracts eyeballs. I mean, if it was, if it was just this, number one, it's, no, it's not real. Yeah. Right. There's no there's no reality to that. Yeah. And the reality in reality TV, whether it's about business or the real world, is the drama and how you either overcome or it kills you. For, right. For sure. Like we all like to watch superhero movies because the hero almost dies in the movie and then yeah. wins in the end. Yeah. If there's none of that, then yeah, okay, they just walk on water. Who cares? For sure. I mean, that's taxing that whole like arc and character storyline and arc and different people's lives and, you know, relationships and people start to lie and money gets weird. So you get stuck between all that drama. And at some point I was like, I just want to focus on my business. So like for the first time ever, I actually bought the business back. As an entrepreneur, I know how meaningful it is to invest in the people and causes that are close to me. And on GoFundMe, it's easy, safe, and powerful to do just that. Whether you're supporting a family member, friend, local business, or charity. And whenever you make a donation, 
you're protected by the GoFundMe Giving Guarantee. Visit GoFundMe.com today to help make a positive difference in your community. Hey, fitness fans, ready to crush your fitness goals? Make your move to EOS Fitness, where becoming a member starts at just $9.99 a month. Gyms are open 24-7 and packed with the latest gym equipment to keep your workouts fresh. What are you waiting for? Give them a call, drop by, or hit up jefffenster.com forward slash EOS to join. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Now, let's get after those goals. So I think- Which is really cool. It's really cool. Very few entrepreneurs who've sold, you know, I've sold a few companies. I've never bought one back. Yeah. You know? Pretty crazy. People are like, why? Like, what are you doing? And it's, I'll tell you the story. I mean, we stopped filming. And I was, he's like, yo, I'm filming with Rob Deerdick at his office. We're doing some behind the scenes stuff. Come by. So I was like, all right, cool. We're going to Deerdick's office with Lamonis. Like, I'm in, you know? And so they were filming something. And then we all went and sat down outside. And he was just talking to me candidly. He's like, so what do you want to do? What does Trav want to do? And I'm like, well, I want to build my personal brand. I want to get clients. I want to build my own portfolio. And he's like, cool. So you're Trav from Flex. Are you just going to let Flex die? Or what are you going to do? And he's like, what do you want to do? <laughs> I'm like, damn, this is a hard one. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to close it? He's like, I don't want to run it. So I was like, in that moment, I was like, oh, my God. I have a company that I started and founded that I point back at, and I'm the founder of this, and he's about to shut it down. Like my handle's about to disappear, all this. In my brain, I'm like, this is, my, this is me. Yep. So it was more, it was deeper than money. It was like, damn, it's my reputation. I'm going to take Flex back, and I'm going to start public speaking, and I'm going to launch the Trav brand. Because he... He asked me what I want to do. And I'm like, I want to launch my brand. He's like, let's do it. He helped me. He mentioned me on TV. He brought me back on for an inside look on CNBC or Trav hat. Talked about Trav and how I help people and like really plugged me, you know? And I was like, oh. And through that, I've been able to network with other people, bring them to our masterminds to speak uh, and just get really cool things to happen. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, like he would say, like, focus on Trav. Focus on your brand. I was trying so hard to make him a thing, you know, like, oh, let's do courses. Let's do coaching. You need a podcast. Let's launch this website. He's like, just focus on yourself, bro. Mm-hmm. He's rich. He's you, like, you, I, I, I don't when you're a billionaire, you're, you're beyond rich. <laughs> yeah, you don't really care about like, hey, here's some suggested yeah. Instagram posts. He's like, yeah, I'll post whatever I want. Like, yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, but he's a master. Like, he is a master brand builder, and he's a master at building his personal brand, and he goes from show to show, and he was, people don't know he was on the secret millionaire going into towns, helping people, writing checks. Then he did the profit, and now he's got his own show, mm-hmm. uh, the Renovator Show on HGTV, where he's helping families who are dysfunctional clean up their home environment and rebuild their homes so that they're operational. And they have, then that's something he's really good at intervening with family drama and figuring out what's wrong. And like, it all does start at home. So yep. now he's going into these homes with a unique look like, let's redo your house, but like, let's redo your life and your family and your processes and your routines. And I learned that, like, he's all about people, product, process. Like, the thing I'm, like, sure, I knew people and I knew product, but, like, the process part of it, like, what is that secret recipe? The dude owns, like, 200 companies. Yes. And he built his personal brand, and he has media, and he attaches his personal brand to it. Obviously, he's an investor, too, but, like, what he's done that's made it successful, he's a CEO of multiple publicly traded companies. Like, who do you know besides, like, I guess uh, Elon Musk. But before Elon was doing this crazy, like, I was like, wow, he's got all these companies that he's publicly the CEO of. And he's got a TV show with 200 brands that have gone on his show. And he's relatable. Yeah, super, super normal. Uh, I got to meet him once. I met him once and, you know, it was at an event and he won't remember that meeting, but he was extremely, we've texted about you. No, but I mean, I've showed him your stuff, (laughs) but I'm saying he won't remember the time we met just because I was one of a sea of people. Um, but the point was, even in that brief moment, you know, and I'm not a fanboy, so I wasn't like, yeah, it was just like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you, you know, etc. Um, he was relatable. He's relatable, even though he is a billionaire who owns 200 companies and is the CEO of publicly traded companies and all these things. Why he is so magnetic is because he's relatable. We can all see ourselves in him. Elon Musk, while I respect what Elon does. Yeah. He, he he could be if you told me he was actually AI and he was a robot, I would you wouldn't you would I wouldn't be like no way yeah you know not him 
he's a robot. I mean, he yeah. sees the world in code. So the thing that you bring up is just so like key, right? And like people ask me this all the time. They're like, well, what was, what did you learn from Marcus, right? I think as I learned it about myself, but I saw it from him and people give me a bunch of credit for it now. They're like, dude, you're, how do you do that? It's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Like not only did I, was I vulnerable enough to go on TV and be like, I need help. These are my credit card bills. This is my bank account. This is where my revenue's at. I've been here, but I'm right here right now. No one in the world knows this, not even my mom, my girlfriend, but I need help, right? That's very difficult for people to do, which got me in the room with him, but I didn't even think about it. I was like, let's go pants down. <laughs> let's get yeah. on TV. Let's get this millionaire in the room and let me explain what I can do. Well, asking for help is a very tough thing for a lot of people to do, but yeah. when you do, help can, can happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and people are, dude, if anyone out there, if you're embarrassed to ask for help, but people in your network, your friends, your family, just think about this. I asked a complete stranger that I've never met for help on national television with millions of viewers, and I was in credit card debt. So if there's anything more embarrassing, it's that. And my vulnerability, I cried on TV for, like, snot coming out of my nose and, like, eyes, you know, like, just dealing with trauma. My business partner's mom passed away, and she was the one who introduced us to the breakfast program. And since that happened, the business was not the same and we moved away from charity and my partner, Trevor, didn't want to deal with that because he didn't want to face what he was suppressing, you know, mm -hmm. and that was really difficult for us. And like, I'm so thankful for that because it unlocked a side of us and like got we, me, my brother, Trevor, we're all just crying on TV. And it's like, I don't really know anything else besides like crying about death, money and business that you like, it, it was all out there at that point. People were like, oh, you're so good on Instagram. You're so good here. You're like. Oh, you talk, talk, talk on podcasts. Like, yeah, bro, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Because I put myself out there so gnarly and I came out alive. I actually came out endorsed by Marcus Lemonis and like co-signed by all these awesome people on this network and got me in the room with Universal to do Minions watches. Like it all led to good things, but it was a very dark time. And when that stuff aired, it was like, I can't even watch it. You know what I mean? It was, sure. that, it was that hard for yourself. Um, but we got on that show, we rebuilt our vision, we got back to charity, we made the company successful, we got back to where we were and surpassed it, you know, we had that vision, we had the buyout. My partner Trevor wanted to go on his own and like he became the creative director of a company called Nutrient and it was owned by Peter Castleman, who's a guy from North Face, multi-multi-billionaire, like worth like $15 billion. He went and became the creative director there and like, got to show his skills and like really blossom. Um, I don't know if, who, how familiar some of you guys are, but Trevor was dealing with uh, a heart valve issue, my business partner, and he ended up passing away. So at 34, after the show, he died. And I was like, damn, this is our legacy. This is what we built. Not only did we lose his mom, we lost him. Now we're on TV talking about it, crying, breaking down, and then I lose him. So if you're going to tell someone to be motivated and have a why, sure, helping people in the beginning was the motivation. But now it's like, well, I'm lucky enough to be here. Yep. So now it's my, my like, obligation to blow this up, yep. you know, and leave a legacy that we started. And just be like, damn, this is that company that started giving back with watches, you know. And, like, they were able to infect all these different people and do all this different stuff. But... Man, filming for a TV show that you knew nothing about when you sold 800 watches and parlaying that into being on a multi-million dollar deal and getting, like, to these things, like, I mean, they were not easy. And people, like, you, I can make it look easy on social media and just show you clips. And Highlight reels always look easy. I've failed so much that I, I don't even know. Like, I'm just numb to it. It's just business. Mm -hmm. Like, when I win, I'm like, oh, dope. Like, still imposter syndrome. I'm like, whoa, I just sold the company. Like, this is Check the account, check this is cool, it's here. It's like, it's real, you know? It's hard to, like, process after 15 years of, like, fight or flight. You see how I am. I'm like, mm -hmm. my brain's going 24-7. Like, I don't think it matters how much money I have or how successful the businesses are. I'm going to wake up at 5 in the morning and run and work out and hit my desk before 6, 7 in the morning and crush my day. By the time my team wakes up, I already have the full plan agenda, and I'm like, what can I do for the whole day to move <laughs> forward and kick the ball, right? Yep. And move forward. And I spend my whole day just thinking about how to improve, how to improve myself, my businesses. Um, Cause like, I don't know when it's going to end. Well, I'm like, it could be. There's a poster day. I keep in every, well, my home office and it's not in my office here at, at Everbull headquarters. Um, it was in my last office here when we were downstairs, but 
it's a picture of a lion and a gazelle. And it's a famous saying, maybe you've heard it, but it's every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up and knows it has to be faster than the slowest gazelle or it's going to be hungry. And every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up and knows it has to be faster than the fastest lion, otherwise it's going to get eaten. So whether you're a lion or gazelle, when the sun comes up, you better be running. That's so hard. And that that saying has stuck with me forever because I think having the fortunate place in my life where I am around so many successful, high-performance individuals and I get to pick their brain and watch them and be part of uh, that environment, there is one thing, and you said it, and you defined it, and it's imposter syndrome. That is the com- number one most common thing I have found from successful people is you never sit on your laurels. You don't say, I did this, so now I'm just going to be cool. We're always feeling like imposters. Like we have to prove ourselves to ourselves every day. Yeah. And so when that sun comes up, we run and we don't stop. And I'm not in the shower thinking about some beach vacation in Hawaii. I'm in the shower thinking about how I can sell more Everbulls. Yeah. How I can help inspire my team to do more. How can I recruit talent? How can I raise money? How can I do this? You're doing the same thing. I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, you're not the only <laughs> okay, one. Okay, good. You know, no. Sometimes I think it's a mental problem. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you this. It makes us not always the most fun to hang out with. For sure. Socially. For sure. Unless we're around each other. Yeah. Which is why we attract, naturally get attracted to hang out with each other. Yeah, it's fun. It's energy, you know. I yeah. light up as soon as I walked in here. I was like so stimulated by all the colors and shit. <laughs> I was like, look, this is awesome. Well, like my wife, I drive her crazy because she'll be like, can you ever turn it off? And I'm like... If I turn it off, I feel like I'm behind. Yeah, like what happens if it slips away? Like that's the problem. It's like, and I don't, you know, I don't like sit there and fear it. But like I think mentally, like subconsciously, like I don't want to go back to where I was. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that like when you're up, you can go down. And when you're down, you can go back up. So everything passes, right? So I just try and just keep moving. And no matter what's going on, good or bad, you know, big orders or lawsuit, like it's just the same. I got to show up. I got to be consistent. Um, and like push through. Yep. I think that's just like what we have is on top of the ideation and being excited, like no matter what the scenario is, they're going to show up and face the music and like be consistent. And that's something I see in you because no matter what business that you're a part of, even in your own content, man, even the studio, everything you do is so high level and so professional that like I would introduce you to anyone in my network and know that you're going to add value to them and that that person would be thankful that I introduced you. You know, and that's something that I pick up on from people. It's like, wow, this person has this like inherent ability to add value to people in any scenario. And like both of us are somewhat exciting and infectious. <laughs> so when people start talking to us, like even the buddy I put you on the phone with earlier, like he makes a lot of money and he doesn't like new business. So he just sees it as more work, mm-hmm. potential failures, potential threats. Right. So his like subconscious alligator brain is like or crocodile brain you know what i mean is like oh no fight or flight but once you get past that and you're like hey i can add a lot of value and they get to that like complex thinking and they start to really like track with you like you said come to my place check it out understand what we have here at our disposal then that unlocks him yes right it gives him more power and it's someone who's like not even looking to make more money but now all of a sudden you open up a lot of opportunity by like identifying something that adds value to someone in your network. And like that to me, for me and you, like the relationship I have with that guy is I just check on him and see how he's doing, check on his kids, see how his health's doing, see how his back's doing. And we have a normal conversation. He watches my Instagram stories every day, comments back when I'm running and that I'm motivating him. So like for me, the value I'm adding to him is just being me, yep. connecting with people and just living my normal life. So that's where I want to go. That's why I want to continue to connect. I want to continue to evolve, but I want to find ways like you do to add immense amount of value uh, to people in their networks and also your own businesses. I mean, let's talk about that. I've seen how you've like vertically integrated. Like, I'm serious. Like, I want to learn more how you vertically now integrated multiple businesses into Everble. Like, it seems like there are like three or four things going on. Yeah, I mean, we, we do. And, you know, we have four companies, but vertical integration for me has always been I lead my life with an idea that if I lead with value, I get 2x return. There is no selfless act. I don't care if I donate to a charity. I don't care if I'm playing with my kid. It's all selfish because when I'm playing with my children and they're having the time of their life doing whatever it is we're doing, I feel like a billion dollars because it makes me feel good to see them happy. So it's selfish. If I donate money to a charity, I feel good. So 
it's this voodoo thing like, oh, don't be selfish. No, be super selfish, but that be selfish you. in a positive way. It drives you. If you it drives it you, way. right? And so to be selfish, like, yes, I would love to have Marcus Limonis come in here and help us out and do all those things. Of course, right? I would love to have every celebrity. You should have be him on in, this podcast. I would love to. Or maybe even your new one. <laughs> or maybe the new one, yes. restaurants too. I mean, so many things. But at the same time, everybody wants that. So if I can give value first and I can make their life better, I can do something positive to help them. Well, number one, I've earned the right to ask for something in the future if I ever need to. But number two, if I'm always leading with value, to your point, it's like we've been friends for a long time. You, before the show, just through conversation, you said, oh, let me call so-and-so and we don't need to get into details, but you connect me with someone who may open. Hold on though. I came in here thinking, how can I help Jeff? Because he placed an order with me. <laughs> Years ago. Years ago. I was like, damn, this guy's paid me money, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to me, like uh, anything that we could do together, make content, market ourselves, sure. do podcasts, like I'm already winning. Yeah. You know, like we already benefited. But so you, now it's like, what back, do you right? want, bro? You I, want contact? I, I was a customer those. first because yeah. I was inspired by Flex. Yeah. I, and and I, to I be honest, cool what, what is a watch? Like, I'll be honest, someone on my team asked me, like, what do watches and everybody have in common? Nothing, but I loved what you stood for and we could plant trees and we can give back and we can give a gift and we can do, and I can connect all these dots and we're, we're improving the environment with trees. We're giving watches to all of our team members and shareholders and potential cut and customers. We get to help a cool company grow and, yeah. and get exposure. We get to do all this together. Why the hell not? Yeah. And it's a great promotional product that has your logo. It's a win, win, win. People wearing my logo all day. I'll yeah, make anything that they'll wear. Of course. <laughs> it was know? a win across the board. For sure. I mean, Fast I forward, love it. but to, I think it's important just walking in here. I didn't ask you. You just made a phone call in our green room, connecting me with someone and I'm hoping to do good business with him. For and sure. that's the power of relationship capital and leading with value and being more involved in helping others without understanding or when it's going to help you. It's the long game and you play it exceptionally well. I built my career on it yeah, and yeah. I think it's the number one superpower I have For is sure. relationship capital and how that. to use it. Um, and so I think it's just, it's so amazing your story because I'm always inspired by you. I mean, I've been a fan of yours since the day we met four or five years ago. Thanks, and uh, I follow all your stories. I follow the at Trav brand. I'm watching the stories. If you guys aren't, you need to, because it is, <laughs> it is, I mean, what you do and how you do it is awesome. It's also something, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean this in the most positive way. And it's something I say about myself. I'm an ordinary guy who just does the extra stuff to get extraordinary results. And so do you. For sure. Just a normal dude, dude. A normal dude, which means everyone watching can duplicate the results you've generated for yourself by following the same formulas you use. 100%. Like, dude, I mean, you touched on that and the imposter syndrome thing might be kicking in, but I mean, my parents are from, my dad was born in Zambia, Africa. My mom was born in England. They went to, they migrated to South Africa. They came to the United States. I'm firstborn generation. My parents know nothing about anything I do. They don't understand e-commerce, marketing, watches, branding, Southern California culture, you know, nothing. And so I came here and just had a big vision and I watched big brands in Southern California and I always wanted to create and be involved. And that to me was like the passion. And like from my standpoint, I thought I had it bad because I was like, oh man, all about me, my my dad doesn't know anyone or whatever. Right. But it's like, I played the victim. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, man, no, I'm here. Like there's no one has an edge really. I mean, sure. Some people have access and some people have more money and they can get started. But the reality of the situation it is a very even playing field as an entrepreneur, because if you can generate money, you can attract customers and you can do that and build brand. There's a lot you can do with that. You can bring in investors, you can bring in retail and distribution partners, you can bring in celebrity endorsers, you can bring all these different things if you can just get that little core thing going. And that was that was the thing that I studied was like, how do I get this mm -hmm. little community around me believing in me? And I think ultimately, like, I got lucky because I was doing that on TV. Yep. And like reality TV before Instagram was like, I mean, I, for those who don't know, like MTV Real World was the number one reality show that year that I was on it. And San Diego was one of the favorite seasons of all time. So, like, the fact that I just got back from Mexico and didn't shower and ended up in a shot of the real world, it was just because I was, A, willing to put myself out there and go down to Mexico, and also willing to just jump on set while I saw Mike's And make friends. And be social. And be you know? social. So th this has been a really cool pod for me because I'm just thinking back to all the things that I did and, like, <laughs> getting to relive it. And, 
like anyone can be successful, but you have to also define what success is because I got to a point where I was stress eating, I was drinking, I was partying, and I didn't look how I wanted to look. And I completely decided like all these things I've learned in business to get myself out of debt and be successful, put processes in place, set goals, figure out how to break those goals into actionable items and then follow through and just show up. It's like life could suck because you don't show up or it can suck and you have to show up anyway. So it's like, you might as well just you do might the work. Well win in the end. <laughs> might as well do the work. So like I, you know, got really serious after I got a little bit of income and was like, what matters to me? Yeah. Like what matters most? I moved out of LA. I moved to Orange County. Peace of mind. I like my space. I like the tranquility. I like to be quiet. I've got really into sleep. So I sleep a full eight hours. I track my sleep. I make sure everything in my sleep environment is perfect because I realized how much better that makes me feel and how I, I can operate at such a higher level. And so I started really like focusing on working out, eating healthy, sleeping well. I've been sober for five years and I've made more money than I ever have because I'm extremely focused on the things like I call money making activities, but on the things that are going to move the needle mm-hmm. and I am not distracted by nightclubs, by girls, by jewelry, anything, you know, I'm just like really just flex watches. Yeah. I mean, I got some nice jewelry, but they're investments and they're things that I like, I close a deal and I bought this, this Rolex, you know, but it's not like something I would wear. Mm -hmm. It's something that I bought for myself to keep as an investment. And I bought by selling watches, Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. Um, But yeah, I mean, just, Again, bro, thank you for having me. Like, it's just been really cool to reflect and, like, think Mm -hmm. about it. But even when you asked me to be the podcast, I was, like, looking at some of the people you know. I'm, like, damn, am am I big enough to be on the podcast? Like, you know what I mean? So it's, like, it it happens. Like, everyone in their minds, like, they don't really get to a level where, like, I'm so successful. And I'll tell you, like, because he said it publicly, like, Marcus has dealt with that. He's a billionaire, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you've heard him talk about wanting to take his own life and all sorts of things. And it's, like... Well, we're all human. The human emotion is the human emotion. And it doesn't matter how much money you make, you can make, or where you are. We all share insecurities. We all have doubts. And it's how you overcome them. And that's what I'm trying to do now in my give back, right? I don't have a charity. My charity is this show. My goal is to help inspire a billion people out there who are sitting on the sidelines and trying to figure out how the hell do I become successful? I can't do it. And beating their heads in a wall. And I get asked all the time, will you do some coaching? Can you do that? I don't do those things. What I'm, what I'm trying to do now is bring on people like you and show, look at what Trav was able to do. Look how he did it. Look at the attributes that he's talking about. The consistency, showing up, embracing the suck, persevering, embracing finding a way. The suck. There it is. You know? Yeah. Those are the things you're, that's what I'm hearing you say yeah. through your stories. Well, the shit sucks so bad. Like, I, I'll take it back to crying on national television and being in debt. Like, it sucks so bad. I don't want to go back that I'll do anything to be on top of my game. If that means sleeping better, eating healthy, not drinking, waking up early and working out. And that, like, at first I hated all of it. It's too cold. My back hurts. Like, you make every excuse. Um, But once I overcame that, like, it gave me so much self-confidence in business. I would just close deals. Like, let's just do this. Like, people are looking at me like, I know what I'm talking about because he's in shape. Like, if he cares this much about his health and fitness and sleep resume, like he ain't going to mess up this watch order. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he'll deliver on time. He'll get a hair if there's an issue. He'll fix oh, it. Like and, he's consistent. And more importantly, all the reasons that, that I bought watches from you, I liked you. Thank you. I mean, I'm being honest. I was thinking and I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, like we met, we met before that. And I was like, I like him. And we started hanging out and then you broke it down for me. I'm like, well, this is cool. I, I say no to a lot of cool things. Yeah. But I was like, I want to support Travis. I like him. You did. And that's why I wanted to do something with you. And it hit all these other boxes, which it had to, right? If you were selling cigarettes and I like you, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. But that's the part is because you love yourself and are taking care of yourself and are striving for greatness and have all those attributes. Magnetically, I'm attracted to you. I want to, I want to support that. I want to be part of that story in my own little way. And I want to watch you kill it because you already are killing it. Thank you, bro. Right. And you're inspiring and helping and doing, and I want to be part of that. So that's really it. And I want to say, you know, for anyone listening, if you don't already follow Travis, follow him. It's one of the best channels you're going to follow. You're going to enjoy it. Um, You're going to learn a lot. But number two, all those charities and causes you give to, go through Flex. Introduce Flex to them because we planted thousands of trees. Yeah. And it feels good. Uh, He's giving to all these causes. And Flex is, 
is such a great way to have a utility around giving and a utility around something we put on our arms. And they're really cool. I mean, they're cool gifts and it's not a Rolex. So the barrier of entry is not thousands of dollars. Like everybody can afford a flex watch and everybody can give back. And so, uh, man, thank you for coming on, dude. Bro, thank you for that. I appreciate you so much. Dude, absolutely, man. Thank you. I'll sit here all day, but I'm sure we already went over on time. But thanks, man. I'll be back to film content. And you'll come on a second time. Please. Because I want to get into the next phase. For sure, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking to level up your relationship capital game, then take a minute and text the word Jeff to 33777 for a free copy of my Network to Millions playbook. The link will also be provided in the show notes below. See you guys next time.